0: This content may not be suitable for all listeners.
1: Viewer discretion is advised.
0: Hello and welcome back to Shockingly Wicked, a true crime podcast where we bring you true crime cases from the headlines to the hometowns. I'm Brianna.
1: I'm Brittany.
0: And we are your hosts for the evening. Hi, so, everybody. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode three. Today is going to be a little bit of a tough case. And I say a little bit of a tough case because it's child victim. And child victims are always tough cases. I mean, all cases are tough cases. But it's, it's like you get it in your head. You're just kind of like, they had so much life left to live. You know what I mean? So um, I just wanted to say that up front. Yeah, that's fair.
1: Well, I can't get my microphone to work. And it's been, we spent <laughs> 30 minutes trying to figure it out, and I am um, yeah I figured it out, so that's good. Yeah,
0: so eventually we got there, but yeah, we we, we were supposed to start recording at nine. It is now nine forty-five, <laughs> so <laughs> that that was a whole adventure. I have spent the day doing various things. I arrived an hour early to therapy <laughs> because I thought it was at two, and it was at three. So instead, I got Taco Bell and ate in the parking lot so <laughs> that,
1: was, that was my day had my carpet cleaned at 9.30 and he left at 10.30 and then I went back to bed and I woke up like at 8.30 had the Damn. day off okay it was nice <laughs> that's yeah, but that's that's a lot of sleep. I know, but I have not had a day off where I haven't been off. Cause Chris, we we used to have the same days off, so I was like, I don't know what yeah. I'm supposed to do with my life. Oh, I lied. I went to Hardee's <laughs> and then I came back yeah. and went to sleep. That's that's valid.
0: So we we've both had quite productive days. So <laughs> um, we're gonna, I guess, go ahead and roll into this unless you have anything to to bring up first
1: no <laughs> I okay think about cool it.
0: <laughs> all right so this is the case of judith barcy you might actually know who this is even though the name doesn't sound familiar if you guys have ever watched the land before time she played ducky in the original one um, and then she also was Anne-Marie, which is the main
1: character, and basically, in All heaven. Dogs Go to Heaven. <gasps> mm-hmm. I love that movie. That movie fucked yeah. me up as a kid. I'm not even gonna lie. It's really dark. Valid. Well, this is gonna make it even
0: worse, now that you know that this was that movie was released after she was murdered.
1: <laughs> so. Oh, they released it after she murdered? Oh, that's... Well, it, it was, it was like,
0: the same year, I think, like later in that year, so like it was already done. But yeah, she had been murdered by the time I was released. Well,
1: that whole premise of the movie is like he's her guardian angel, but like she's dying or something, right? Or am I wrong? Uh,
0: it, it's been it's been so long since I've seen the movie, but
1: yeah, it's it's something. It's like very that. dark. That's all I know. Mm-hmm. I know the mob kills my my good boy. <laughs> the dog the mob. mob the dog the dog mom, mom. yeah he's like
0: I, like i said it's been so long since i've watched it
1: <laughs> the i actually mom. have that movie on vhs i
0: i might have to see if i can find it later to watch it it might be on disney plus uh, no
1: it's on uh shit it's on um it's on some streaming service HBO Max.
0: <laughs> okay then i will watch that later all right, so Judith Ava Barsi. She was born June 6, 1978 in Los Angeles, California. Judy was listed as her nickname, so Aww. you might hear me go between Judith and Judy, but yeah, it'll probably be Judith throughout the most thing. So she was the only child to, I think it was Yosef Istvan Barsi and Maria Agnes Benko Barsi. Are they Russian? They were... Um, I have it like written
1: down Hung- Hungarian Hungarian. Hungarian okay I was like it's yes. a, it's definitely like
0: europie <laughs> Yes. Yes it is it is very europie. So I'll go a little bit more into her parents in a bit but we're going to just talk a little bit more about Judith because she had a very productive life. For how short it was, and I guess that's not necessarily the point of have of like being alive is to be productive, but you know it's it's nice to know that like she left a legacy behind even in that short amount of time. Yeah. So at the age of five, Judith was discovered at a skating rink in the San Fernando Valley. You know, like <laughs> that that story that they always try to say is how like you can get discovered just by like walking in, in the mall or something like that. This actually happened to her so a client of ruth hansen who would be judith's future agent was working on a commercial shoot and they noticed judith skating around the rink quote artfully unquote i don't know what that means i guess just like being graceful as a (laughs) five-year-old and so ruth uh ended up hiring her uh or yeah they ended up hiring her and yeah so basically she got discovered because she was skating so well (laughs) golf so she was also apparently like she apparently looked younger than she actually was because she had some sort of uh growth um i wrote it down later but she was getting growth hormones because i think her like pituitary gland wasn't producing enough, and so she looked I think like three and a half or something when she was five, so like, she could always play younger than
1: she actually was which
0: benefited her career they
1: have 30 year olds playing 17 year olds, so I mean (laughs) it's not that far off so she went on
0: to star in I saw anywhere between 70 and 100 commercials and guest starring roles on television in that time frame after she got her agent so when her career began to take off, is when the problems started. Before we kind of get into that, I'm going to like explain the background behind the parents and all that, and then we'll get into the nitty gritty because there's a lot of background that I felt was relevant to talk about what led up to what happened. Yeah. Before we get there, her agent, Ruth Hansen, described Judith as a, quote, bubbly, happy little girl. Unquote. And she did note that Judas' moods had changed in the last year of her life leading up to when uh, she was murdered. She was also described as polite, adorable, precocious, intelligent, and very sheltered. One of the articles I read had this quote. It said, quote, the child was not allowed to go anywhere, very few places alone, unquote. I could not remember who said that, but I think it was either Ruth who said that or it was um, Maria's brother. So like her uncle. Mm. So everyone who worked with her had nothing but good things to say. So she's also uh, a five-year-old. So what, I, what, what? What are you gonna say? <laughs> I mean, some five-year-olds are really fucking annoying. That's right? fair.
1: <laughs> that is so fair.
0: As somebody who has babysat very often, sometimes this I is, have wanted to smack a child. This is so <laughs> off-topic,
1: but the one and only time I ever babysat, my cousin was three, and I'm ten years older than him, so he's thirteen and yeah. he didn't eat the cheese stick that I gave him and he wanted to go to his room and I was like okay well let's go to sleep and then I got in his crib with him at 13 <laughs> years old and then we just laid there because he had already had a nap But nobody told me that.
0: Oh well <laughs> i feel like that's very important information they should have t- passed on to you um specifically don bluth who you might know is the creator and director of masterpieces like anastasia um I've an american tale that.
1: what i've never seen it i want to see it but i can't find it anywhere what
0: it's on disney
1: plus you disney need to watch
0: plus. it what the hell, Brittany? I'm sorry.
1: I will make <laughs> it a like, priority.
0: <laughs> that is like my favorite animated movie okay, ever. It. And it wasn't originally a, a Disney movie, but now that uh, Disney has bought up 20th Century Fox, it is now technically a Disney movie. Yeah, That's but she's why not technically
1: Disney+. a Disney princess. No,
0: but I remember for the longest time like having to uh, defend her and be like, she's not a Disney princess, but now sh- now she's owned by disney and she's well she's not a princess she is a da- uh zarina i guess um he also did an american tale and then the Lamb before Our time and all dogs go to heaven which were the two final roles that judith played so one of the quotes i found from him quote she was absolutely astonishing. She understood verbal direction even for the most sophisticated situations. We loved working with her unquote. He also allegedly said that he would have wanted to work with her on more projects in the future, multiple projects going forward, which that's that's a good sign. like if you get a great director, who kind of latches onto you. It's kind of like Tim Burton and Johnny Depp working together and mm-hmm. basically everything and his wife. Yeah. And uh, then Christopher Nolan working with like Michael Caine. And it's like, just there are certain actors and directors that you can pretty much always like, they go together So she wanted to continue into voice acting as she got older because of her experience working with him. Because before that, like I mentioned, she had done a whole bunch of like on camera stuff. But I guess this was kind of like her first like foray into voice acting. Well, And it's probably
1: I'm not a voice actor. So Amanda could probably touch better on this. But that's probably a lot less pressure. I think it is in some ways. Um, I'm sure I don't know if it was a lot of pressure, but like not having to have your appearance done, not having to yeah. do that. And you can read from your lines.
0: Yeah. I know that nowadays with original animation, usually they have um, all of the cast in the same recording room recording together so that mm-hmm. people can kind of like play off of each other. I don't know if it was the same back then, because I know that with like Japanese dub animation stuff that that it's like they're all recording by themselves so it's possible that that's how it was back then but it would make sense if it was like everybody together because then it's like there's the fun aspect of like getting to see other people and all that so I, I would I understand why she would have wanted to go into voice acting especially because like you said it's I think there's a little bit less pressure especially because like if you don't do it well like you can just cut do it again. Like, you can do that with other stuff, but I think there's a little bit less But you don't have to to focus on
1: this one scene because you're in this one outfit and your makeup's in this one way. Yeah.
0: So, it's like, you can kind of... I think it's a little bit more flexible. So, I, I definitely get that. So judith's mother tried to keep her life as normal as possible and would encourage her to pers- pursue normal childhood activities and so she was said to like riding her bike swimming playing board games specifically the board game operation apparently <laughs> which that like is a yeah, fun game <laughs> it's, it's a little stressful for me just because it's like nah. the beeping yeah exactly it's so loud <laughs> I'm like oh god um and then she was also apparently learning how to knit which is a very um Old interesting skill f- yeah for a young a young child to have, but I guess she was an only child, so like it kind of makes sense. She probably hung out mostly with adults. and she was ten years old at the time that the crime happened. All right, so we're going to talk about Yosef Barsi. so he was born. Uh, On November 26, 1932, in a, quote, rough industrial, unquote, area of Hungary. So I'm assuming it's, like, on the poorer side, based off of the things that I read. It's
1: the working Um, class, man.
0: Yeah, essentially, yeah. He never knew his father, and apparently that's, like, a big stigma over there, especially to not, like, to be an illegitimate child or whatever. Like, here, people get born out of wedlock all the time. Like, it's not that big of a deal, but... Like over there, I guess it was a big thing. So he endured a lot of bullying and social rejection. Well, because and I think it. it's the
1: time period too.
0: That's that's true. Joseph actually had two children before meeting Maria because he had been married before her, and so his first daughter, Agnes, she her nickname was Aggie. So you might hear me call her Aggie later. She wrote in her autobiography that she believes that he resented his mother for being an illegitimate child and viewed all women as whores because of it. That's not so.
1: who you want to have a daughter with. Yeah.
0: She also said that he had no self-esteem because of like the constant bullying and social rejection, which resulted in much of his jealousy, possessiveness, and abusive behavior. He left Hungary at age 19, and that's when he married his first wife, Clara, who was also a fellow Hungarian refugee. And like I said, they had two children. Uh, they had Barna, and agnes barna was born in 1957 and agnes was born in 1958 he developed a drinking problem and he that's when he became physically abusive to clara i didn't say gener- like when this happened but i would assume it was probably after the kids were born yeah the family immigrated to new york in 1964 where he started to abuse barna as well who is the oldest child he's i guess the only son that he had At one point, Clara took the kids and left. It said it was about five years afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Like, (laughs) nope. Peace out. So she filed for divorce after he threw a cast iron skillet at her while he was drunk. Is he trying to
1: be Rapunzel from Tangled? I mean. (laughs) Um, Apparently. But like. You have to be really like cast iron skillets aren't—they're heavy. They're not
0: light. Yeah, <laughs> they're very heavy. Like you have to really want to hurt somebody to throw a cast iron skillet. And at you can't—you
1: can't wash it. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, you—you have
0: well, you can, but you have to reseason it after you wash. Well, it.
1: I didn't know that, and I messed <laughs> up my cast iron skillet. So, well, nobody told me that.
0: Uh, yeah it's a it's a whole thing i'm not gonna pretend like i know everything about it though (laughs) i just know that people get really upset when you like wash a cast iron they're like no you gotta do it this way i'm like i don't give a fuck (laughs)
1: like like, okay goodbye i
0: don't care (laughs) (laughs) so shortly after the divorce he moved to california where he was working as a plumbing contractor and this is when he met maria who his second wife and he was 55 years old at the time that All of this went down
1: Maria, count me in
0: (laughs) I love that song And then we have Maria Her maiden name is Verovaks Verovaks, something like that I'm sorry, I probably butchered that Verovaks So she was born on Valentine's Day 1940 in rural southern Hungary So it was in the middle of World War II And the area was occupied by Soviet Like by the Soviet Union When she was born she apparently was grew up in an abusive household. Her Aww. father was also an alcoholic and physically and psychologically abused her. I didn't find too much about like her f- family other than that. I know she had a brother because he was in one of the documentaries that I watched about this. Mm-hmm. So supposedly Maria had wanted to be an actress, but she wasn't successful in breaking into the industry. So instead she turned her attention into turning Judith into a star after she had Judith and Maria's brother apparently had told her she shouldn't bother trying to make Judith into a star because like the odds were of her actually succeeding were against her. She
1: jinxed. He jinxed her.
0: (laughs) Yeah, honestly. Uh, So he said, quote, I said, I wouldn't waste my time. I told her the chances are one in 10. 10,000 that she would succeed, unquote. And apparently that lightning struck, you know, like <laughs> it happened. So Maria was described as being extroverted and communicative. She apparently had relationships with a lot of their neighbors, which it didn't seem like Yosef did. Um, and she was 48 years old at the time that all this happened.
1: So did he abuse Maria too?
0: Yes. And we will kind of go into that a little bit more in just a bit. So the two of them met in California, like I mentioned. Um, It was at a restaurant that Maria was working at as a server. The place was kind of like a hangout and a safe place for immigrants. So that was kind of where they all congregated. Apparently, Yosef paid for drinks with $100 bills, which impressed Maria.
1: Oh, $100 bills.
0: Yeah, I guess because it meant that he was like financially stable or something. (laughs) Jokes on
1: you, he's a (laughs) plumber. Yeah, I mean, they, they make good well, money. they make good money, but she probably was like, oh, this man. He's rich. <laughs> <he's> <laughs> no. So they
0: had both been previously married, but I didn't find any info on Maria's previous marriage. So I'm assuming it d- didn't work out, obviously, but I don't know why. He's said to have been quite charming in the early years of their marriage, but that's typical with abusers. Like, that's usually, like, they're very charming until they know that they've got you. And then that's when their like actual behavior starts to show. So, a little bit more about Judith's career. Her very first role was in a TV miniseries called Fatal Vision that's based on a true story. The story of that was there was a Green Beret who was, murdered his family, I believe. I was like two daughters and mother in Fort Bragg, North Carolina on February 17th, 1970. Um, so she played one of the daughters, Kimberly McDonald, uh, the daughter who was murdered by her own father, along with her mother and sister, which is eerie foreshadowing. So there's some controversy with the story of that movie, but we're not going to go into it. We might, well, maybe in another episode we'll go into it a little bit, but the man claimed that his family was attacked by multiple assailants, and instead, he was the That's one who was charged they with it. Say. Yeah, so we might we might go into it a little bit, but because there was, like I said, there was a lot of controversy around that. Some of her other notable projects include Jaws: The Revenge, which I believe is the fourth installment in the Jaws series. I didn't realize they went all the way to number four.
1: <laughs> that, wait, <laughs> um, isn't Lake Placid that? Isn't that part of the Jaws installment about the alligator? I have
0: no idea. I have no Betty,
1: idea. I think honestly. Betty White is in that. I'm a <laughs> good Betty White. Yeah. <laughs> <gasps> Don't remind me.
0: I'm so sorry. Um she also had guest starring roles in episodes of The Twilight Zone, Punky Brewster and Cheers, and then like I mentioned before, she was also the voices of Ducky in The Original Land Before Time and Anne Marie in All Dogs Go to Heaven. So Judith was making an estimated $100,000 per year at the time, which is equivalent to about $219,000 today uh, by the time that she started fourth grade. Yeah, so by the time she was in fourth grade, she was making all that money, which enabled her family to be able to buy a three-bedroom home in West Hills, Los Angeles. And if you know anything about Los Angeles, it's not cheap to live there.
1: There's <laughs> also a lot of murders take place. The,
0: that's also true. But I feel like that's kind of the case
1: with most big cities. Yeah, but the LAPD don't know what they're doing.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: (laughs) In that time period,
1: like, I was like,
0: there's a lot to be said about the LAPD (laughs) and none of it's good. They were able to buy this house and in spite of having this, like, lucrative career and whatnot, she actually attended public school. Good
1: for her. (laughs) Which, yeah. I mean,
0: I wouldn't Um, have if
1: I had a lucrative career like that. Me neither. Me neither.
0: I'd be like, Deuce's private tutor. (laughs) Come to me. So this is what I mentioned earlier. Judith was naturally very small. She was standing only at three foot eight at the age of 10, which led her to being cast in roles of children who were younger than she was in real life. Um, The average height of a 10 year old at that time, like a 10 year old girl is generally around four foot five. So like I said, she was like very small, like below average. So she had begun receiving hormone injections at UCLA to encourage her growth around this time. And this is where we're going to start talking about the abuse that was happening. So if just trigger warning there, just, yeah, it's it's rough. It can be a little intense. It's nothing. It's definitely more like mental and emotional, but it's still, it's still intense. So while Judith became more successful, her father became more and more jealous, paranoid and abusive. So apparently he would allegedly, like, threaten to kill himself, his wife, and his daughter very frequently, so I, I am not I don't know what I would say was wrong with him, but I do think that he had something more than just, you know, the uh, the self-esteem issues, you know, I I feel like he had a whole lot more going on than we know because obviously, like turning to substance use like, that's, that's a pretty big, <laughs> like that's a coping mechanism, obviously, but it's a it's a pretty big indicator that he had some sort of, s- something going on that he was running from. Yeah. So his drinking got worse to the point where he was actually arrested three times for drunk driving.
1: Why don't they take his license away?
0: Honestly. So in December of 1986, Maria reported threats Yosef had made and said he'd hit her in the face and choked her. But unfortunately, the police found no physical signs of abuse from when he hit her and choked her. So Maria eventually decided not to press charges because when when you don't have the physical evidence, it's very hard to actually like charge somebody with like domestic violence. That's crazy. Which sucks. I hate that. Because a lot of the time abusers know that. And so they're not gonna do like they're not gonna
1: leave marks. <laughs> so in my state, uh South Carolina, mm-hmm. if you get a, if police get a call about pen- domestic violence somebody has Mm -hmm. to go to jail interesting regardless because south carolina is so um it was like number one for domestic violence in the united states at one point and like so Mm -hmm. they're like trying to take steps because they let it get so bad yeah that makes sense but now like Uh. regardless like somebody's going to jail and you don't you don't, like, if you decide to press charges, it doesn't really matter because then at that point the state will take on the case. So it'll be like the okay. state versus that person, regardless of you or press charges, if they decide to go that route. But most of the I time they like, do. Yeah,
0: I feel like that would be better than what a lot of states have because usually if somebody doesn't press charges, then there's nothing they can do. <laughs> like, the state can't take on the case and actually punish this person and usually when somebody's in an abusive relationship they're not gonna want to press charges because like well I don't they know they care it, it depends on the situation but it's like this part this is a person that they have cared about usually they start off being like what they think is a decent person like they're charming they fell in love with this one person and then gradually the behavior starts to deteriorate and then I've noticed in a lot of accounts of abused people who are like, oh, we can get back to that good time. And they're focusing so much on that and, like, trying to save the person that they end up, I don't know, staying for longer than they should. Yeah. I think.
1: Well, I think that, too, they think they can fix the person.
0: Yeah. I think it's 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 a combination I think if I remember right yeah I think if I remember right it's it's something like the sin the Cinderella complex mm-hmm. or something like yeah. you think that you can take you went from rags to riches yeah let's see so after that incident uh, where she called the police Yosef actually stopped drinking for a bit but he continued to threaten and abuse both Maria and Judith. Maria allegedly stated at one point that Yosef had threatened to burn the house down if she and Judith tried to leave. Butch. That's that's intent. So um he also hit a telegram informing Maria of a relative in Hungary dying Aww. to prevent them from leaving America. Like it got to that point where he was like he was controlling her mail, you know, he was controlling like f- yeah, it's it- sad. He wanted them basically to just do anything that he wanted and he was going to make it so that they did. Yeah. So even though he stopped drinking, Maria refused to forgive him for what he did during that period, which is absolutely 100% valid. Like, you still did it. It doesn't matter if you were drinking. Yeah. <laughs> like, you still did it. But according to Maria's brother, he believes that because of that and then just general bitterness that was tied to the drinking, the marriage started to fall apart. And this was a, another quote from the articles. So, quote, Barcy told friends he had no mother or father, a much more stigmatizing defect in Hungary, where families stayed together than in this country. When they fought, she would use it against him, calling him a bastard, according to friends of both, unquote. So huh. when they would argue, she would throw that at him. That probably just set him off Which more. And i
1: okay. it's,
0: yeah, it's not okay. Yeah, it's not okay, but... It's just like it's it's one of those things where it's like they're egging each other on almost. And yeah, it's it was not a good situation at all. According to a relative, before Judith left to go film Jaws in the Bahamas, Yosef threatened her with a knife and told her, If you decide not to come back, I will cut your throat.
1: Oh, they filmed Jaws in the Bahamas? Yes. I did not know that. Yes.
0: Well at least at least the fourth one. I don't know if they if they did the other ones there. So after she finished filming Jaws, they actually went to go visit Maria's brother up in Flushing, New York, where Judas talked to her father on the phone. And he said, quote, remember what I told you before you left? Referring to the knife incident, according to Maria's brother. Uh, the girl, quote, was terrified. She cried, unquote, and dashed off to the bedroom. The mother and daughter cut short their visit and returned to California. So, yeah, it's... He had this control over them. He... He controlled them with fear. Yeah. And that's, gen- I generally feel like that's the majority of what abuse is, is controlling somebody with fear. So as a result of the abuse that she was experiencing, Judith began to experience many symptoms of trauma and anxiety, such as weight gain. She was plucking out her own eyelashes and pulling out the whiskers of her cat as well. Oh. Um, this is a condition called a uh, trick. Trichotillomania? Trichotillomania? Something like that. Poor cat. I'm sorry. Yeah. This is also known as hair pulling disorder or compulsive hair pulling. So episodes of pulling are said to be triggered by anxiety. Um, So she'd been brought to a child psychologist after having a breakdown in front of her agent during an audition. And we'll get right to that after a quick word about our sponsors. The therapist refused to actually discuss the case with the journalist, which, like, that's fair. Like, it's, it's, you know, mm-hmm. doctor-patient confidentiality, that type of thing. Like, even when the person's dead, like, it's, it still exists. But Ruth, the manager, said that she called after one visit and said, "And said um, the therapist said, Ruth, it is extremely verbal, mental, and emotional problems with this child, and I have to report it to Children's Services." So. The case was later dropped, like the case with child protective services, because Maria assured them that she was going to divorce Joseph and move herself and Judith into an apartment she'd started renting in May of that year, which was 2 months before that conversation happened. She apparently used this place to hide out during the daytime with Judith before have, like they were forced to return home at the in the evening. But I also saw that she had been the one to go to CPS for help and had been the one to request the case to be closed. I don't know which of those is true. Somebody from a member of a watchdog group called Commission for Children's Services, Helen Kleinberg, said, quote, from my point of view, the child was the client, not the mother, unquote. So, like, I 100% agree. The child is the one that's the one who can't help themselves in the situation, the case should not have been closed at the request of the mother. Nope. So according to Judith's agent, Ruth, she said that Maria claimed CPS wasn't doing anything. So she said she'd have to handle it herself.
1: My thing is if they have reports of him being physically abusive, why do they not just arrest him for domestic violence?
0: I don't know. That's the thing is that I think because she didn't press charges, it wasn't technically on his record. Oh uh,
1: yeah.
0: I don't I don't know how that works, but that's my assumption is that like because she didn't press charges, it's not well, like
1: Well, but even with the, uh well, she said verbal, mental and emotional, not physical. Yeah.
0: Um yeah, cuz to my knowledge, Judith never experienced any physical abuse. Mm-hmm. Um it was just like the threats and things like that. But Maria Like actually face the physical stuff Yeah. so obviously the moving out thing didn't happen Maria wanted to stay in the neighborhood for Judith's birthday and was hesitant to lose the family belongings in the family house so those are the main reasons why she stayed Judith's birthday I believe I think I said was in June so she wanted to be in the neighborhood for the birthday and then it just kind of didn't happen so Maria herself didn't work, so she was worried that if they had to go into hiding that they would lose Judas' income. So she worried also that Yosef would hunt them down and try to kill them if they left, which, like, that's valid. He yeah. said he was going to do that. He threatened that multiple times. Instead, she ended up trying to... Make the house so inhospitable for him that he'd end up being the one that left because apparently he was like a clean freak, so she just stopped cleaning. <laughs> like, like it was, I think uh, Ag- Aggie at one point they she went to visit and she said um, that it was a pigsty basically, <laughs> and like that's that's valid. Yeah, like I I would I would try that same approach, but also like I would just try to get out of there if I could, and like. I don't know. It's it's a lot easier to say from an outside perspective that it's like easy. It's easy to say that and then assume that it's easy for that person, but it's 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 a lot more complicated than that, especially with like long-term abuse. Maria also repeatedly refused help from friends and neighbors. So Ugh. she I guess had this very like independent like I need to do this myself get a job. type of attitude, which like I get yeah i know but But, like get a
1: job so you're not worried about the income loss
0: yeah and then also just like i don't know think of the child not you like that's that's i don't know speaking as a non-parent i don't know maybe that's a (laughs) crazy concept so apparently judith complained to family friends about her home life um this was one quote that i saw in a lot of places um it said quote i'm afraid to go home my daddy is miserable. My daddy is drunk every day and I know he wants to kill my mother. Uncle You would
1: think though that her agent would have like taken her or s- so she works with like all these up
0: there people. Yeah, you would think but I guess I don't know how many people knew what was happening. Like Ruth obviously did. Yeah. And maybe maybe she tried. I don't know. I didn't see anything about that but yeah, it's like you would, th- you would think that's somebody would try to do more to help in this situation because obviously, even though Maria said she was handling it, like, she wasn't handling anything. (laughs) So a neighbor reportedly told the LA Times that Yosef had said, quote, 500 times he was going to kill his wife, unquote. And then another quote from the same neighbor was, I'd try to calm him down. I'd tell him, if you kill her, what will happen to your little one? And he would say, I gotta kill her too, unquote. Jesus. So... This guy's cray-cray, and nobody thought to maybe, like, tell the police about this beforehand. Other neighbors allegedly stated he said he'd kill himself and Judith and leave Maria alive to suffer. So, like...
1: Either way, he's gonna die in this situation. Yeah. Like, hello? These are threats that he's not, like, it's... Not only to you, but your child.
0: Yeah, I'm just like, I don't understand why nobody said anything. That's that's the part that gets me. Like none of the neighbors said anything. It's the nobody thing. called the police. Yeah, I guess it. Yeah, it, everybody probably thought that somebody was handling it, but nobody was handling it. And then yeah, we're going to talk about the, the actual crime here in just a minute. Judith's success most definitely made Yosef's like insecurities worse. Um, I saw there were like two things that illustrated that specifically but another neighbor stated that Yosef admitted to being jealous of Judith for being able to provide for the family in a way he never could and he considered her to be spoiled and ungrateful since she didn't know what it was like to have to flee a country at war and I hate that mentality people nowadays like adults nowadays have that same mentality it's like oh we had it worse in our time and it's like yeah maybe but isn't that the point of being a parent you want to make life better for your kids yeah like shouldn't that shouldn't that be the goal (laughs) is that they don't have to suffer through these awful things yeah like I don't know Call me crazy, I guess, but and then there was a story that I saw about a party where Joseph didn't like the amount of attention that Judith was getting, so he took her to the kitchen where he pulled on her hair roughly and made her feel bad for being well liked. I guess, Aww. like I, he might have like threatened her or something like that. I don't, I don't one hundred percent remember, but I believe it's somewhere in the sources. So if you guys want to go find it and double check my my research, feel free. A friend of Yosef's, Peter Kivlin, said that he had started to see another woman a few months before, showing, showering her with expensive gifts like jewelry. So Yosef started cheating. So not only is he abusive, he's a cheater,
1: well,
0: and that's like the worst. They usually go hand in hand. Yeah, it's just like that's the worst, the worst type of people the worst type of people yeah absolutely and no no i will not be taking any comments <laughs> so aggie yosef's daughter from the first marriage recalled seeing herself in how scared judith was because of the abuse the last time that she had gone to visit them um and if i remember right she went to visit them like maybe like a couple weeks before yeah all of this happened so the crime monday july 25th 1988 Judith was seen that morning riding her bike on the street and that was reportedly the last time she'd been seen alive. She had an audition at the Hanna-Barbera production studio for an upcoming TV cartoon series but she apparently missed it. If I remember right, Hanna-Barbera was like The Jetsons and um Flintstones. Yeah. If so like the older the older stuff. So, Yosef told Ruth, who was the agent, that, quote, a big car had come and taken the mother and daughter to San Diego, unquote. So, he was basically, like, they're not here. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, that that would be a red flag to me if I knew about the abuse, you know? You're like, but where are they? Yeah. Yeah. So later that night, Yosef shot Judith in the head while she was asleep. Jesus, Maria. They believe that Maria heard the gunshot and ran down the hall where Yosef met her and shot her too. Both of them were shot once in the head. He then spent the next two days wandering around the house, like their dead bodies in the in the house. And he just spent the la- the the next two days just kind of wandering. Kind of, it reminds me a little bit of um, like Zach Bowen. How it was like two weeks before he ended up murdering himself. Like he was living with this decaying corpse in that in his two apartment. Decaying corpse. Yeah, but I guess two days is a little better than like two and a half weeks. So the day after the shooting, he said in a phone call with Judith's agent that he intended to move out for good and just needed time to quote say goodbye to my little girl unquote. So he was kind of making it out to be like I'm not going to be a problem anymore and like technically he's not Uh, because on Wednesday he proceeded to pour gasoline on the bodies and set the two of them on fire and then he later went into the garage and shot himself in the head with a 32 caliber
1: pistol
0: so murder-suicide like, not, like, back-to-back, back, but murder-murder-suicide. That's so much
1: like the case that I'm doing, it's also a murder-suicide by the uh, dad, really? yeah. Ooh, it's intense.
0: So, the LA Times reported on July 28th about the murder-suicide, quoting a neighbor who stated she'd heard a loud bang around 8.30 in the morning on the 27th that prompted her to call the police. Oh, good. So, the quote was, Quote, I heard an explosion and I saw smoke rising from the house. My first thought as I ran in to call 911 was he's done it. He's killed them and set a fire in the house just like he said he would. Unquote. That's literally what like, happened.
1: Yeah. I'm just like, you know, if somebody had said something. Well, it seems like they did, but the police didn't do anything about it. So
0: this is presumably at the time when Joseph like shot himself yeah. and that's the loud bang she heard. The same neighbor said that Maria had told her the Friday before all of this happened that she was thinking about filing for divorce and moving out. Yosef may have found out about that or that Maria cashed Judith's $12,000 tax return check before Yosef could get it. And that might've been the catalyst for why he did it then. But that's just speculation on my part. She said, I can't because he'll come after us and kill us. And he's threatened to burn the house down, unquote. So that was kind of like... She was considering filing for divorce and moving out, but like she was still scared of him like tracking them yeah. down and finding them, which understandable. So Aggie, the daughter, believed Yosef committed the murders because he didn't want to be abandoned. Essentially the whole if I can't have you, no one else can yeah. mentality, which I I don't know if I'll ever understand that. But maybe you have to be in a certain kind of mindset to believe If I can't have you no
1: one can
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then murder Murder. I I, I don't know. So yeah, it was it was pretty I don't know. I guess at least she didn't suffer anymore. Like she didn't have to deal with the abuse, but she was only At least it was
1: in her sleep.
0: Yeah. She was only ten years old. Like that's that's way too young.
1: So, The Land Before Time
0: was released four months after her death, um, and she had apparently said that voicing Ducky was her favorite role out of all the ones she had done. So, I'm I'm glad that that was able to, yeah. like, come out. And then one of Ducky's famous lines, which is just, yep, 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 that was engraved on Judith's tombstone. Aww. All Dogs Go to Heaven, which I, I couldn't tell if that one or The Land Before Time was her actual last, like, role. Cause I'm sure that one came out after like one came out after the other, but I don't know if that means that they were recorded at the same time or what, but anyway, all dogs go to heaven was released posthumously in November of 1989. So that came out like the year after the song in the closing credits called love survives was dedicated to her as well. So Judith and Maria were buried at forest lawn Memorial park in Los Angeles, California on August 9th, 1988. Initially, the grave was unmarked, but I saw that fans came together and like kind of raised money to arrange for a tombstone for her in August of 2004. Aww. And then they did the same for Maria a few months later in January 2005, so that they'd have tombstones. because I guess they didn't really like have fam. I mean, they kind of did But Everybody but was not really
1: hung- hungry or hungry. Yeah.
0: And then Joseph's son, Barna, became a chronic alcoholic as well. And there's some argument that alcoholism, like, there's part of that that trait to overindulge is genetic.
1: Absolutely. I agree with that.
0: Yeah. And so that wouldn't surprise me. So he became a chronic alcoholic, and he committed suicide by throwing himself off a bridge in Scottsdale, Arizona, in 1995. The cause of death was listed as drowning. He was only 37 years old. Why wouldn't they list it as
1: suicide?
0: (sighs) I don't know. I mean, a suicide by drowning, why
1: wouldn't they list it like that?
0: I, I have no idea. I'd, I genuinely don't. And then his first daughter, Aggie developed breast cancer in 1997. Aww. She passed away from it in 2008. But before that, she was a radio talk show host and an author of self-help books. And she also wrote an autobiography, which I mentioned a little bit earlier, which that included a lot of the background information about her father in it. Um, that's where the majority of that information came from. So... This next part really bothers me. I'm going to say this right now, but uh, I love HGTV. I love home renovation shows and things like that. And yes, this is related to what I'm about to talk about. It's not, it's not like just out of nowhere. The home was repaired from the fire damage and it was sold. Mm-hmm. There are I couldn't find information on who bought it when it was like fixed up but the Bernal's moved into the house in 2001 they apparently were not informed of what had happened in the residence Uh, before moving in i feel like that should be illegal i i do too and i know that some states you have to disclose when somebody's murdered or somebody dies in a house but other states you don't but i feel like that's I feel like that's something but the way probably... They, but there's
1: a loophole. You don't have to inform them unless they ask about it. Yeah. and but that's, Like, that's... am I gonna ask, hey, did somebody die in this house? Every house I look at? I,
0: I, I feel like I should. <laughs> because <laughs> Only because, like, every time I walk into a house, I'm like, this is probably haunted.
1: <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna feel like that about my house, but we looked at one house when we were looking, and I was like, oh, somebody died here. I feel it. So... The family appeared on a show
0: called Murder House Flip, <laughs> where they claim they felt a dark presence in the house since they moved in, and weird things kept happening, including the r- garage door opening and closing on its own, and random cold spots in the house, which that that's typical for like ghost shows, as there's cold spots and stuff. It's always the cold spots. I don't remember if I've mentioned it before, but like I believe in ghosts, but this
1: this whole situation just kind of seemed like they were grabbing for fame. They wanted their 15. Yeah. They wanted their 15 minutes in the spotlight. Yeah, I don't like
0: the concept of the show. Like it's it's weird to well, me. Well,
1: I used to like the show Ghost Adventures a lot until Zach Bagans. Well, that's fine. Yeah, like that's fine to me. Off the deep end when Nick left Ghost Adventures, this is a whole thing. I could do a whole bonus episode. <laughs> but when Nick left the Ghost Adventures, Zach Bagans went. <laughs> No, I used to like yeah. it like, a Cause the okay, so like it was an hour episode. Thirty minutes was spent about history. It was gonna talk about yeah. like the history of the place. Yeah, the other thirty minutes of them investigating. My dumb ass would sit up at twelve o'clock and my grandparents' <laughs> haunted home. It was haunted. Yeah. I never saw a ghost, but I'm sure it was. Yeah, I usually they are. Well, it was. <laughs> um their house was the original house burned down in the eighties. This is an old uh-huh. like um plantation home but the original house Uh, i mean it wasn't like a plantation but it was styled like a plantation home but the original house Mm -hmm. were not in the 80s and so they rebuilt it but made it Mm -hmm. bigger and it was creepy as fuck
0: i'd believe it was haunted too
1: (laughs) yeah so
0: essentially the concept of the show is to give homes with dark pasts a new life by renovating them but they also bring in forensic specialists and spiritual healers throughout the process i guess to kind of like Help the spirits move on. Yeah. And like, I guess I get it to an extent, but it's, it seems, I don't know. Creepy. It seems icky. Yeah. I don't like, like it. Yeah. So they renovated the hallway where Maria was killed and Judas' old room and the backyard.
1: Uh, okay.
0: That's it. So it's important to note, I guess, this is one thing that made it a little less icky. The people who were flipping the house weren't doing it to make any profit from it. I'm sure they did from the show. I was show, to say, they make the profit from, from the show. <laughs> Yeah. One of the quotes I found on the article was, quote, um, instead, executive producer Josh Berman, who is also behind the CSI franchise, explained in the release, the show is meant to bring, quote, healing and solace to families living in the aftermath of tragic events by transforming dark places into healthy spaces, unquote. That was in a People magazine article. So um, take that with what you will is. Yeah, I feel like I'd enjoy the show in theory, (laughs) but it feels very exploitative. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know, because like, yeah, I love, I love true crime. I love HGTV and like I house just, flips, but it's it seems weird. I mean,
1: I get the concept, but yeah,
0: like it just it seems weird to specifically like point out, oh yeah, this like people were murdered here, it's, and so
1: we're gonna flip this house. It's kind of like, <laughs> like the Amityville house. Yeah, that, that whole thing was so exploited by. The books yeah. and the movies.
0: And so, I don't know. I I, I just felt weird about it. But Which, I felt like I should mention it because it's relevant to the house. I guess
1: it would be different if it wasn't, like, directly based off of what actually happened. Like, the yeah. ghosts were something else.
0: Yeah. Like, but in the Amityville. Yeah, it's just kind of like, uh, real people died here, you know? Like, this isn't something that should be used for... Profit. Yeah, for financial gain. And like they claim that nobody got any profit, but like you have to like there's no point in making a show if you're not gonna try to profit off. How are you not gonna
1: try to profit? How are you gonna be able to flip it? Do you know how much it costs to renovate a house? Do you just have a tap in on a bank somewhere?
0: (laughs) Maybe. Who knows? But yeah, it was just, I found that and I was like, oh, that's icky. But I don't know if that show is still on the air because that article was like 2017 or something like that. And I, that was the first time I'd ever heard of it. So probably not um, still on there.
1: Shit. I don't know. Yeah. It probably is still there. I don't watch cable.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Me neither. So yeah, that is the tragic case of Judith Barsi. It's, it's tough when it's a child victim, but especially when there's abuse and there were plenty of opportunities to get them out of there before something terrible happened to them. Mm -hmm. Like with Terrell Peterson. Like, there were so many situations where like, CPS fucked up, and it looks like CPS fucked up again here. So it's... Well, at
1: least this time, CPS isn't just blatantly ignoring it.
0: I... Yeah, that's true. Because the mother told them to drop the case. But it's still just like...
1: I feel like if you are blatantly not like, doing their jobs i totally yeah. understand i understand cps is overworked and underpaid i get it yeah. but don't take a job that you know you're gonna be overworked and underpaid that involves kids and then not mm-hmm. do the best that you can i'm not saying that you're yeah. there's gonna be some well you should strive to do the best that you can simply because there's a child at stake and you Yeah,
0: it's li- it's literally life or death literally. In, in some of these situations. Don't
1: take that job. If you're after money, don't don't take it. But Yeah. And
0: so it that one was a little tough. Because like I loved The Land Before Time when I was a kid. Like Me that too. was one of my like favorite movie franchises. And so I didn't actually know that the voice of Ducky, like that she had been murdered. Like I didn't yep. know about any of that. It was on a um another BuzzFeed list when I was, like, looking for <laughs> like, uh, for cases for our Halloween c- series last last season, I was like, oh, this could be interesting to look into, and I was like, oh, this is just sad. <laughs> like, I, d- I shouldn't laugh because it's not funny, it's just like, I, there's no other way to describe it other than just, like, it's sad. It's like, sad. There, there was so much more for her to do and so much talent gone to waste because of some guy's inability to go to, go to therapy and deal with his insecurities and jealousy and substance abuse issues like I know it's it's easier said than done especially with substance abuse but like abusive behavior somebody if somebody had said something any of the neighbors any of the people he had said I'm going to kill my wife and or i'm going to kill myself and my daughter like if anybody if any of them had said something maybe none of this would have happened like maybe he would have killed himself but like i i firmly believe that that judith and maria would not have endured something like that like i just i don't understand how you can have two marriages. The first one ends because you were an abusive asshole, and then you just continue to be an abusive asshole. But I guess that's a lack of self-awareness for you, so. What a bastard. Agreed. Good thing he's dad. Right. <laughs> so, we are on social media. <laughs> you can find us at Shockingly Wicked Podcast on Instagram instagram you can find us at wicked podcast one on twitter you can find us on youtube at shockingly wicked podcast we're on tiktok at shockingly wicked we are on facebook we now have a facebook page as well as our discussion group the discussion group is connected to the page so just search up shockingly wicked podcast and you'll find us and then we are also on patreon it's shockingly wicked podcast there as well our website is shockinglywickedpodcast.com. Go check it out. The, I worked hard on and it. And there's a link
1: to the Patreon from
0: the yes. website. So if you go onto the website, you'll find all of the links for all of our social media as well as our Patreon on there as well. Thank you guys so much for listening. Your support means everything to us. Don't forget to leave a review if you enjoy what you're listening to. And we will see you next week. Bye! Bye.